Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Everybody, welcome back. You are now tuned into High at Nine News. Thank you for joining not only to get High at Nine with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. Today's National Carrot Cake Day, one of the most overrated flavors, if you ask me. For Chaplin's Day, I'm not touching that one, so don't even ask me. National the Day the Music Died Day, turn your headphones up now. National Wear Day, Wear Red Day. Crips are exempt, of course. National Women Physicians Day, big shout out to all the doctors in the building and outside of the building, keeping everybody safe, warm, and vaccinated. And National Bubblegum Day, so let's get shit popping. Please remember to share, like, and hit the subscribe button. Follow us at High 9 News all across social media platforms. We're live weekday mornings on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. If you do choose the Clubhouse route, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment on the story presented. Getting things started today. Y'all know who it is. The Green Street Willing, Dealing, Mink Coat, Rockin', Private Jet, Hoppin', Longest Continually Operating Retailer in the Game, Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope everyone is having an amazing, amazing day today because we finally have all made it here. That's right. Uh, today, oh boy, I got a doozy for you guys because there's some celebration happening in the air. That's right. Out If you're out in the state of Missouri, that's right, because people will be pleasantly surprised because today, Missouri marijuana sales start today. That's right, Friday. But guess what? There is just one catch. Of course, there's a catch. Missouri will allow the first dispensaries to begin selling marijuana for adult use purposes on Friday. The Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services will begin converting medical marijuana licenses to adult use licenses on Friday. But it's unclear when each dispensary will be approved. Dispensaries had been expecting the license change on Friday, but many were under the impression that adult use sales wouldn't be permitted to start until Monday. Pleasantly surprised, said Carr DeLitty, the spokesman for the Missouri Cannabis Trade Association, says... While it's unclear when the state approvals will roll out, Condetti said he expects dispensaries to begin selling to the public as soon as possible. We do think sales will begin tomorrow, Cardetti said on Thursday. So how will consumers know which dispensaries are approved and when? In a quote, they absolutely ought to contact their dispensaries and check, he said. Bianca Sullivan plans to wake up at 5 a.m. Friday and start checking her email. She owns a fresh green dispensary in Lee Summit and in the Waldo neighborhood of Kansas City. 
She says, I'll just be there waiting with the staff. It's just frustrating, she said. I can just imagine this. It sounds like the lady. You remember the J.C. Penney's commercial when the lady's like, open, 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 open. If you remember that commercial, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I feel like that's what all these people are doing. But nonetheless, like yeah. others, Sullivan had been had been planning on big crowds for Monday's opening day. But now she's scrambling to ensure she has enough staff, product, and security to handle customers through the weekend. In the quote, she says, maybe we don't have a huge line Monday morning, she said. So it might be a good thing if it's busy, but not crazy this weekend. State officials uh, said medical marijuana dispensaries in good standing, with which most are, will see their licenses converted on Friday. We anticipate approvals tomorrow being a fairly quick notification process, and DHSS spokeswoman Lisa Cox said. Missouri voters approved the constitutional amendment legalizing adult-use cannabis in November with 53.1% of votes in favor, making this the state one of 21 that allow cannabis to be sold. The vote was uh, was a big win for Missouri's medical marijuana industry and was backed by many of the current players in the industry. The ballot measure was led by the architects of the successful 2018 campaign to legalize medical cannabis. John Payne, the campaign manager for Legal Missouri 2022, the primary group that crafted the amendment, told the Star Thursday that he was a little bit surprised that the state decided to begin converting licenses on Friday sooner than most expected. Payne said he expects the state to be able to convert all of the licenses for faci facilities in good standing in one day. Asked if he felt the process would create an unfair advantage for facilities that aren't immediately converted, Payne said the difference would be negligible. Whether uh, kinks, what, what, whatever kinks there are will be able to get worked out pretty quickly, he said. And I'll tell you what, there was another article that referenced this that talked about law enforcement. And how law enforcement is getting ready and Chicago is getting ready to brace or Illinois is getting ready to brace because they're about to be have a major drop in revenue because all of these customers that are going to be shopping in Missouri are no longer going to be driving to Illinois for their cannabis anymore. So they're going to their tax revenues are going to drop. And oh, man, what do you guys all have to say about this? This is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. What do y'all have to say right. about Missouri selling weed? Well, I agree that all of these, uh, you know, so-called border states are no longer going to be the border states once legalization spreads across the country. And um, they're going to have to become competitive in other ways by lowering their taxes, by lessening the burdens of regulations and able to outcompete the unregulated freedom market. I mean... It's nobody gonna can be out, a, nobody can outcompete the freedom market. It's 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 gonna be a tough one because when when I looked at the different tax rates, I mean, I think we're only talking about a ten percent differentiation in the tax from purchasing cannabis in Illinois as a per, as opposed to purchasing cannabis in Missouri, and I don't think that ten percent is that big a uh, big of a difference um, in the greater scheme of everything. But what is the greater scheme of everything is that hour and a half drive that most residents have to take to drive into Illinois to go and buy cannabis. And with the prices of gas under Joe Biden's America, it's going to be a big problem. Oh, 
I just think that this is true cannabis industry fashion where the political officials make all kinds of decisions without including any of the operators. It's amazing. It's good to see it's happening in other states and not just in California. I mean, I mean, Ma Ma Mandy, I mean, can you imagine if Canagram all of a sudden you're just sitting there hitting the refresh button over and over for hours in a day waiting to see if whether or not you can begin adult use sales? I can't imagine. And also, it's very interesting to me. I mean, it's exciting as an operator to always get a few extra days ahead of what you thought you to get. That's a very rare gift, so, mm -hmm. so to speak. But at the same time, it does to a tailspin as far as, like, like she was saying, staffing and inventory and making sure that you're able to accommodate that kind of customer, um, you know, interface. Good luck. It's You'll, you'll be fine. Oh, it's going to be a great weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You're going to collect a bunch of cash. All kinds of money. You know why? It's all going to be all cash because we have no safe banking yet. Uh, safe banking. You know? Dr. Gene, would you go and buy some weed in Missouri? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, this the, the misunderstanding that folks have is this transition from uh, illegal sales with a higher higher price point to legal sales with a much lower price point. We know this in California, and we're reeling from that mistake. And I don't see the other states understanding that it's just the illicit nature of the plant that drives the cost up. It's not really meant to be that higher price. Mm -hmm. well, yep, I agree. All right. Well, we got to keep this keep this party train a rolling because we have a big story coming up next. So, Adam, run this commercial so we can get back to the news. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sa H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, that's right, we have... I want to say something funny. You have, you have something funny to say, Mandy? I'll try it next episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, coming up next, we have the dope dad himself, who happens to be rocking with me out in the pool house today because I'm in the inside and he's in the pool house. That's right. We're not going to call it the dog house, though, because it is the dope dad himself, Rico Meat. Oh, yeah, everybody. Over here at Green Street, downtown Los Angeles. Big shout out to everybody out here in the city and nationwide. Um, my story today is coming from Benzinga, from the original, uh, originally from the Virginia Mercury. And um, Virginia lawmakers struck down a push to legalize and set the framework for retail sale of recreational cannabis this Tuesday. And um, subcommittee members failed to advance two separate measures that would have allowed sales of cannabis to adults aged 21 and older. Though the vote on HB 1464 set up a framework for creating retail cannabis market in the state was not unanimous, it failed five to two with Republicans being against it. The other measure, HB 
1750 from Delegate Michael J. Webert uh, from Fauquier County. Republican as well, which would have uh, allowed Virginia Cannabis Control Authority to issue cannabis licenses in 2024, was also killed by the committee members. So um, I reached out to a good friend of mine on the East Coast, and she is joining us today. And here to help us what understand what is exactly going on in Virginia, I have Sarah Kaya Morton. She's a CEO and co-owner of Lock Green, Smell Proof Stash Boxes out in VA, uh, passionate about engaging in community and cannabis advocacy, normalizing the plant. She does a, uh, and she also is a speaker, moderator at events across the country. And um, I wasn't sure from your, um, uh, from your bio, are you still uh, on the board at Virginia Normal? Yes, I so am. Cool? All right, perfect. So, and, and she's a yep. board member of Virginia Normal. So what exactly is going on out there in the two up, two down? Could you help us out? Help oh us understand. It, it's a hot, um, you know, this is a Another bummer for us. Um, in 2021, to legalize adult use cannabis, so we were so excited about that. Um, but there was so 2022 passed by, nothing passed. 2023 this year, two bills that you just mentioned are laid on the table, which means they're dead. So as far as our adult use, listen to what's happening there in Missouri, and I'm like, oh my. Gosh, that's the next step. And is here, and then, then hopefully, yeah. once our retail uh, market, retail sales become legal, I, hopefully we won't go through all, all of that craziness in the aftermath. Right now, it's a mess. We're disappointed. So um, uh, the rest of the country is seeing it as a Republican Democrat thing. Um, what is Virginia saying um, uh, with with the shift from? Glenn, uh, to Glenn Youngkin over from Ralph Northam. Like, what, what is the mood on the ground? Is it, is it, is it as bipolar as it is with the rest of the country and the, the way we're seeing things from on the left coast? Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily Republicans. They're looking bills that were killed by the Republicans. Um, so, hold on, hold, hold, hold on. These are Republican bills being killed by Republicans? More elephant fighting. Right. Sound like dead, That's sound right. like bad bills. <laughs> both, Keep going. Both of those bills were Republican. There is one bill that still remains in the Senate that is a Democrat bill, but if that passes the Senate, it's going to go to the House, and we don't have much hope that that will pass the House. I mean, is that it will? So, so what exactly is going on? I thought Republicans liked money. Uh, I thought they liked, you know, <laughs> revenue, especially when it's stuff that they don't like. They will tax the shit out of it. So, what exactly? going on out there? I thought they right? would be down for this. I think one key thing is that our governor Youngkin is going to be has no, there has not been an official announcement, but they, he's running for president. So we're oh, oh, What? What kind of national that's recognition? The, is? That's the what word. Mean, for that's not new news. Everyone knew Glenn Youngkin was going to run for president. Get on. He's not, he's not, yep. not going to go nowhere yep. in that. He's going to like try. Best kept secret, right? Secret. Um, he's he's going to so, get on one of uh, DeSantis's committees. <laughs> <laughs> DeSantis Listen, ain't got a chance to I'm win it either. So, 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 so,
now that you struck this down, like what does it look like for the uh, Virginia cannabis community? I mean, is it, is it a sense of uh, lost hope? Like, uh, what are you guys going to do? I mean, you still have the 2024 20, uh, measure just dangling there. Is it even going to happen or is this setting everybody back and you're not really going to see legalization anytime soon? Yeah, so 2020 back in 2020, hoping for that um, is going to even happen. You're breaking up, so I think we I think we lost her. Is, is she? Are she using Chrome? She should be. But uh, um, Gretchen, you're, well, Rico, Gretchen, you want to check in on question. that one? I, yeah, I don't think I don't think that cannabis is dead in Virginia. I think the approach that they've been using is not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Republicans are vehemently opposed to it. I think they are not on board with what was put in place by Democrats when Northam was still around. And that's what you're seeing now is people going in, trying to fix shit, hating each other. But I don't think it's dead. But frankly, I didn't have that much faith that the way that the Democrats pushed cannabis through back then uh, because it was kind of shoddy and kind of loose. So I think I think it still absolutely has a chance, especially with Maryland coming on board i think yes virginia will step up is it going to happen tomorrow no what's, what's the sentiment uh, i think we got sarah sarah back yeah, sarah i was just asking you what's the sentiment on the ground now do you guys think that it, uh, yeah um, yeah I'm back. Can you hear me? Going forward? yes um we're we're everyone hosting here so we know that the people are, you know are talking about it we to let our we're losing you sarah sarah are you using chrome as your browser sarah are you using chrome as your browser that's the problem right there you got to use chrome as your browser yeah if you want to hop back in on 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 chrome yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta be using oh. chrome as your browser should I be? Yeah, if you're not That's using why. Chrome, hop back in on Chrome. Uh, anybody else uh, want to uh, want to chip in on that one? Um, I think somebody else had a comment. Doctor T, uh, I just had a question. What What's the problem in Virginia? What's the concern? Why they are they? What are they saying anyway? They shut down the entire measure to advanced uh, adult use cannabis. So uh, twenty one. And, uh, and and over adults can actually have a adult use market and can actually buy from retail dispensaries. They shot that sh the whole measure down. I see. Even, so though, even though Virginia is a very purple state, it's not purple. Uh, no, Northern Virginia okay, is blue, and the rest of it is red. And then you mix the two together, and that's it. I'm sad, Sarah. Um, we lost Sarah, but yeah. I, I'll attest that there's more black. I know more black Republicans than than white Republicans out here on the east, on the West Coast. It, so it is from, a very conservative yes. state, and people were not happy with the plan that was put in place by Democrats, which pretty much wasn't a plan. They said we're going to get cannabis up and running in like a year, and everyone was like, "How are you going to do that?" And then the next thing you know, you got a new governor. So there wasn't much right. foundation with the last when the bill passed. So you're telling me Virginia thought they were New York for a second? Let's not go there. <laughs> but I do think there is, because there is big support for cannabis, and open dispensary is down in uh, southern Virginia around, um, oh, what's it called? 
like Virginia Beach, where all the military is down at, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about, Rico. Virginia Beach? No, no, no. Hampton Roads? Yeah, you know what I'm Roanoke. talking about. <laughs> Not Roanoke. Um, <laughs> Over there near yeah, Dallas? Uh, you, got, you got Virginia Beach, you got bad Southern, news down there. Southern Virginia. Newport News, man. Bad yeah, Newport news. news. That's what I'm thinking about. Starting with an N. Yes, that's yeah. where the military is in Virginia. There is big support there for veterans to have access. I think that is going to be a good driving factor be by getting adult use cannabis here. Um, those people vote how they like to vote. They vote differently. I think they are going to be a big driver in helping to push the Republicans through to get this done. Because they did have a Democratic seat and they flipped in the last Congress to go Republican. Uh, but there's still major support down there for cannabis. But Virginia has medical cannabis, right? So at least patients are getting their medicine there. Not really. No, I don't know about all that. They're going to trash out. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting their medicine just as much as uh, patients in, in Texas are getting their medicine with their medical program, oh. Dr. T. Yeah. And, 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 and sadly, we lost. Um, yeah, hold on. She's the Virginia program yeah, is we, pretty much like ooh, when they ooh. got legal, when they got rec up and running, that's pretty much when they got medical. I mean, and, and, it was all would, on top of each other. Not very done. Not done well. I'm sorry. You have to admit it. It was not done well. Yeah, so um, that was that was a major uh, point from uh, J.M. Padini uh, from uh, VA Normal. Well, she's actually uh, the, the national director, I believe. Uh, but she made that point in the story that folks are not going to be able to get clean meds because of this. And, <laughs> and, and Ben is right. Norfolk. Thank meds, you, Ben. Then. I got yeah. the wrong city there. Norfolk starts with an N. Thank you. Norfolk. It's pronounced Norfolk. 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 Uh, I call it Norfolk. Norfolk. No, no, Norfolk up there. <laughs> Norfolk. All right, so let's keep it moving here. Um, up next, we got a spicy redhead conservative known in certain circles for dressing pit bulls in pajamas and cooking delicious treats for bipartisan tea parties. Y'all know who it is. Um, our very own Washington insider and the founder of Panoptic Strategies, Gretchen Gilly. Uh, good afternoon. Um, everyone liked how I didn't really read a story yesterday, so I'm going to continue on with that uh, today. Uh, my headline is coming from the Washington Post, um, and it's really not a story. It's actually an advice column, um, and this is for me to prove a point that I say all the time that no one here seems to freaking listen to. Uh, the advice column is about, can you fly with cannabis, or is TSA going to get you? This is what mainstream media is covering. This is the educational level of cannabis in this country. Oh, can I fly with my pot? These are the big questions that are being asked. And my point of covering this, not to actually cover the story, because we all know the damn answer. Truly, you cannot do that. Um, and that's what they go into, although TSA is not going to uh, go after you. The point is, these are the questions that the general public is asking. And this is what they're focused on. We need to change the narrative. We need to be out there helping to educate, to make people understand the differences between Delta 8, Delta 9, helping people understand what they're getting at their gas station. When all my friends ask, can I take this? Is this going to help me? I say, I'm not a damn doctor. And no, it's not. But this is really what this industry needs to be doing. And I would like to ask the correspondents here what they think is the education level of this country. And are we doing enough as an industry to really be out there and educate? I don't want to hear about the culture and bullshit. I want to hear, are you actually making an effort to educate people about this industry? 
And I think that is something that desperately needs to happen for this industry to move forward. Gretchen Fry at nine. So Gretchen, you think the culture is bullshit? You think the culture is bullshit? That's Gretchen. I'm not not calling the culture bullshit. I'm saying culture and bullshit. Like Jason Beckwith's dispute. Culture. I don't ever spit bullshit. I only spit truthisms, girl. You know that. Uh Culture is bullshit. So here's here's what I think about this. Um, You know, I say to everyone that we have a lifetime of educating to do because our entire lifetime, our parents' entire lifetime, and our grandparents' entire lifetime was all condemning this plant, right? That's what we were all. So for the next several generations, we are going to be required to continue educating because policy is slowly changing globally, right? And we have to teach all the citizens of this globe, (laughs) not just the U.S., but of the globe, how this plant works, where they can safely access it, the things to look for to determine whether something is safe or not, and also helping them understand why they should care about policy around this plant, right? So that we can never relive what we just had. We are just now coming out on the other side of, which is ending prohibition of this plant, right? So- are there companies out there doing it, doing education and doing it very well? Hell yeah. There are so many out there that are just absolutely crushing it. I mean, there's a platform that I know of right now called Club Kindness that you can go on and get just yeah. a plethora of, adver- of, of educational material, right? Like just That's a kind of Ramirez. But um, listen, as a business owner and a brand owner and a marketing person of this in this industry i take it as my personal responsibility to go out there and educate right and i don't need to keep educating people who are already using cannabis i educate the people who don't get it yet the people who have Mm -hmm. the questions all the cannabis industry folks keep making the same mistake we're all talking to each other we already know quit saying the same thing to the same person go out and tell some people like to live in an echo chamber mandy right well you know we can't we can't exactly agreed agree we can't 100 percent. and and i like what nick has to say too and i think omar you can kind of talk about this a little bit tsa is a government contracted security company they are not law enforcement so they have absolutely zero authority to arrest you and the only thing that tsa does if they that find on you they do turn you over to law enforcement local law enforcement that is based on local practices in the bay area that cannot be generalized to the rest of the united states so that is 100% wrong. So that's a farce you're saying? Um, I'm saying it's somebody generalizing from their localized experiences. You know, just because TSA does not take a heavy enforcement position at the Oakland airport doesn't mean that they're copacetic at the San Francisco airport where it's in San Mateo County. And San Mateo County is one of the most conservative counties in the Bay Area. And they will prosecute cannabis to the fullest extent of the law whenever they can. SFO is not in San Francisco. It's in San Mateo County. But my take on this is that the laws don't travel with you. And uh, to the point made by Gretchen, I think it's good to um, educate the general public. I feel that um, my law offices, we try to educate, but we've been focused on educating the cannabis industry and the cannabis community. And we really need to start uh, focusing on people who are looking for legal advice and don't know Jack and want to know if they can put cannabis on the plane and what the rules are. And since the laws don't travel with you, you have to be an ambassador for cannabis. 
uh, when you're traveling to places with different laws. That means that you have to educate yourself on what the laws are. And when you get there, you can tell people, I come from a place with more enlightened approach to cannabis. We do not put people in cages for cannabis. It's a lot better. The sky has not fallen. Uh, youth use is down. There's no increased psychosis. There's many reasons why cannabis should be legal. Uh, but just to have a simple-minded thought that, you know, cannabis is legal in California, therefore it's legal everywhere. You can travel with it. You know, visitors to places like Russia would find out the hard way, like, um, you know, Brittany Griner did, that the laws don't travel with you. You know where or I have seen you know where I have seen these 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 uh these enforcements happen in different airports. I've seen this happen at Washington Dulles. I've seen this happen at Dallas Airport in Texas. I've seen this happen at Las Vegas Airport in Nevada. And and so so I would agree with you in regards on on, on that Omar, but I am going to push back on the San Francisco thing because uh SFO their official airport policy is the same as Oakland, uh San Jose and LAX, which is if, if TSA finds cannabis, they turn you over to local law enforcement and that's it. And that's their official airport policy. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Stop. The issue here is not about TSA. I'm not getting into a piss and match over who's right or not about TSA. My concern is that Washington Post, one of the major newspapers in this country that lawmakers read, are just wondering about whether or not people can fly with pot. I want to see an op-ed from Dr. Talleran telling him about what's the next major medical advancement we should be doing in this country, and we suck because we're being left behind because we have terrible research laws. I just want to see a whole new level of education coming and to people to put that forward to the media. And that's part of my job. Mandy, I know you do this sort of thing. I mean, it's just so important. I don't understand why this industry doesn't get, like you're saying, we can't be in an echo chamber. We need to go out and talk about what this plant can do and really educate these people because people aren't getting it. People are like, can I get high when I go on vacation? And that's not the questions that we should be answering. Drives me nuts. I mean, it's part, I mean, part of marketing, though, and part of education is meeting the consumer where they're at. So if that is where I mean, I'd be really interested to see what kind of traction this article got first, like what the click through rate is on it. But if this is like the foundational question that people are really wondering about cannabis, that or will it kill me, I'm sure is probably also highly Googled. Um, uh, I can only imagine that taking that question and then tacking on a little bit of extra marketing or education material about what questions they need to be asking or what things they should say to speak to their own defense, that sort of thing, like giving them advice, right? Giving them like the knowledge base of what they are and are not allowed to do and feel empowerment and tack on information about how your endocannabinoid system works. So people just don't, they don't get it. They don't, we, they hear about endocannabinoid system and they're like, what is this? I don't understand. And it sounds like a bunch of hoopla really to a lot of people because they're like how could I have this system in my body my whole life and I don't know about it and my doctor doesn't know about it and you know what I'm saying like there's so much undoing to do folks like yeah this is a big 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 concept thank you thank you all because this has been a PSA by Hyatt 9 News about the TSA what do you think about that Gretchen I think you're an idiot move along all right that's what I like to hear <laughs> Yes, yes, that's right. 
flying into LAX and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world, then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX. Located at 8332 Lincoln Boulevard and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in LA and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention like to get high at nine for 10% off your full order. The thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made constitute legal or accounting advice. And our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any of its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, move to Virginia. It's for lovers. Gretchen, you want to talk about legal issues? Hold on. Uh, are, are you with us, Mark? Mark, are you with us in Clubhouse? Did you have something yeah. to say on that before before we go to this next this next story? We got the Mark Mark Wasserman, the Pop Brothers at Law, with us. What do you have to say, Mark? I just want to remind everybody: it's Shut the Fuck Up Friday. Please remember <laughs> five words. My pull me over. I'm not discussing my day. Am I being detained or am I free to go? If detained, you got to invoke the fifth. And then shut the fuck up when cops ask questions. Know your rights at checkpoints and everywhere else. That's it. Get to it, guys. Oh, thank yeah. you so much, Mark. Thank you so much for popping in and reminding everybody to shut the fuck up Fridays. And that's what you should do if TSA catches you weed. You should shut the fuck up. Yep. But nonetheless, coming up next. When you are caught with weed by TSA, this is the lawyer that can get you out of jail. That's right. He will not only kick the court's ass, but he's also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu who also can kick anyone else that's trying to jack you for your weed's ass, too. That's right. It's Omar Figueroa. Thank you, Jason. Happy Friday, everyone. My story is from Cannabis and Tech Today. The headline is Adult Use in Germany will revolutionize cannabis inventory strategies. As the dust settled on the 2021 federal election in Germany, excitement among cannabis enthusiasts erupted with good reason. Before the election late last year, members of what would become the governing coalition expressed a desire to legalize cannabis in Germany. Many of them spoke at the International Cannabis Business Conference in Berlin just weeks before the election. Since that time, Lawmakers have worked to craft a legalization measure. How long the political process will take is currently unknown, but legalization is inevitable in Germany. Once legal adult use sales launch in Europe's largest cannabis market, cannabis retail logistics will undergo a massive revolution. Part of the revolution will occur due to German ingenuity. It's no secret that Germany is an international leader when it comes to innovation which will spread to the cannabis industry. 
Another reason cannabis retail logistics will undergo a revolution is out of necessity. Once Germany's adult use industry is launched, it will instantly become the largest national adult use market on earth. At the time of this writing, the only two countries where adult use sales are legal at the national level are Uruguay and Canada. In Uruguay, sales are limited to residents only. That means the only comparator will be Canada. And it doesn't take much digging to realize Germany is much larger than Canada in terms of cannabis industry potential. Germany is said to sell literally tons of cannabis and there is no ceiling to the industry's potential. Unlike Canada, bordered by states in the US that already sell cannabis, Germany will be an adult use oasis for the entire continent, at least at first. It's a safe bet that Germany will sell more products than any other market. Demand will require licensed outlets to be as efficient as possible when storing and retrieving inventory. We have already seen an example of the cannabis retail revolution brewing in Germany in the form of the Canna Store, which debuted at the International Cannabis Business Conference in July. It is the first automated dispensing system designed for cannabis products. The Canna Store can dispense products within 6 to 12 seconds and hold up to 40,000 units before restocking. As the world transitions from failed cannabis prohibition policies to sensible cannabis legislation, more markets will launch. The old-fashioned dispensing methods of retrieving units from the back room, manually weighing products, and packing them one at a time will soon prove too inefficient. That, in turn, creates opportunities for innovation. Germany, uh, Germany will likely serve as a cannabis industry innovation hub, just as it has for other large global industries. My take is I was hoping to read about renewable technologies based on hemp bioplastics that allow consumers in the suburbs to inhale farm fresh terpenes. Instead, I read about an automated dispensing system designed for cannabis products that can dispense um, products within six to 12 seconds and hold up to 40,000 units before re restocking. This is gonna put a lot of bud tenders out of work. You know, this is not what I was hoping to hear about. The headline is adult use in Germany will revolutionize cannabis inventory strategies. This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher, and Ganjie instructor reporting from Sonoma County, California, the traditional territory of the Pomo, Miwok, and Wapo nations for high at nine, high noon Eastern. Oh yeah. Omar, so so when are they supposed to legalize adult use in Germany? Did it did it allude to that? Or is this is just no. speculation on when it happens? It's just total speculation. You know, this is like short on specifics in the extreme. It's not telling you when it's going to get legal and it's not giving you any like tantalizing hints of like truly revolutionary uh, supply chain technologies that would change the game. Instead, we hear about a robot bud tender that's going to replace bud tenders. You know, it's like going to uh, the, sh the supermarket and there's no more cashiers because they want you to become your own cashier. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not with that. I'm not with that. And did you see? I just saw. I just saw a news story on on that uh, that Whole Foods. There's a whole pe bunch of people that were stealing food from Whole Foods in the self checkout line. All right, and they did it like they like they paid for two items and they like uh -huh. took two with them for free. And over like a year, year and a half time, and now they're sending them a bill for all of that food. You are on camera. Yeah, yeah my credit card. I know who the fuck you are. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is the hand still quicker than the eye? 
when you're the eye in the sky? You know, um, the hand's always quicker than the eye. I asked yeah. my cashiers at Whole Foods if they had reduced hours since they introduced the self-checkout, and they all said, yeah, and it sucks. And so I'm boycotting self-checkout everywhere. I do. I boycott. I boycott it, too, just because I believe in giving people jobs. Yeah. And the more people that use those types of things, the more stores are going to say, hey, we have the data to prove that we can fire everybody. And we look at look at what it does to our bottom line. And I'm just I'm not with that. Yeah. I like to employ people. Yeah, y'all, y'all the way to hack the system is to go to the self checkout line and require so much assistance and use so much time that it just becomes inefficient for them to have self checkout lines. Yeah, so- exactly. Exactly. If you yeah, if you go to a grocery store, it's cause a scene at a self checkout line. I can't see it everywhere I go. <laughs> what you gonna say, Gretchen? They I have a it. whole Walmart here. Cannabis. <laughs> What's that? What's that, Sarah? To do with Germany. What We're saving say? jobs. We're saving American jobs right now, Gretchen. Ah, okay. Get on. We're talking yeah. about CPG, consumer yeah. packaged goods, and how Germany's trying to like high tech ice it, and it's all gonna trickle down to cannabis. So we're looking exactly. at exactly trickle down economics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. What were you going to say, Sarah? You're back with us. Going You're on to, mute. Like, the diversion that we took and was saying that there's a whole Walmart here that y'all will hate it in Virginia, in Chesapeake, Virginia. All self-checkout. See? Uh, yeah, see, I would never shop there. Virginia is the land of the free. <laughs> a, lot of I, I, are, a lot of mall stores are switching to that, too. There's, like... Um, Oh gosh, Zara, I think you can actually take your clothes, drop them in a bin, and it tells you how much you have to pay. Hold on, so it's like wash and fold? It's like wash and fold yeah. how you buy your clothes yeah, you now? You literally take the stuff you're buying, you drop so it you in a bin, out. it calculates whatever you just bought, and then it tells you store managers putting weight. Is, yeah. is, is, it, is it a wet or dry weight? How do they weigh it? And uh, you have some story. Yeah, what about the uh, you're paying for the RFID tags too? How are you going to get those things off? That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's how they get I didn't you. make this up. I'm just reporting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's a lot of extra weight if you're like getting getting like a whole new wardrobe. I mean, them RFID tags, you get a you know, you get 10, 20 garments on there. That's going to be, you know, that's at least a couple garments. No, but I, I did. I did read an article uh, last week. Uh, people need to be careful in those checkout lanes. If you can't, in, in those self checkout lanes, if you can't pay by cash, just know you, you might have accidentally stole something. Whether you left something in your basket or somebody might have slipped something in your basket, and many people don't know that, and they're prosecuting people months later. So watch the fuck out. Yes, and oh, I have to. I have to read this, Justin. Justin, this is this is probably one of the best comments, and and so true. But yet, so many people don't understand this, and I don't understand this younger generation because of it. But using a credit card while stealing is almost as dumb as stealing cable, but it and growing cannabis in the nineties, which is very true. It's very true. You don't you don't steal cable in a house that you're growing weed at back in the days. That's true in the eighties and nineties. That's a hundred percent true. Stealing cable. I mean, we we, we got yeah. a lot of stealing cable in the, in the dorm. Got stuff stuff. Yep. <laughs> when I was at Yale, we stole the dean's cable, and we had to put in like a signal booster so the dean wouldn't notice a decreased signal. Oh, my God. oh man. Oh man, oh, that was that was great. Thank you, Omar, for that. We're gonna keep an eye on Germany. We gotta run this next ad, Adam. Let's do it.
is the man who probably wrote your father's father's first medical rec. He's the founder of uh, founder of Medican and co-founder of the C- of CESC, doing great things for the cannabis community and bringing us our daily dose of truth today. Dr. Jean Talleyrand, what do you have for us today, my brother? Thank you, Rico. Uh, happy Friday, everyone. My headline today is from Marijuana Moment by Ben Adlin. Uh, long-term medical marijuana use to reduce opioid dosages, study shows. This study was published online by the American Medical Association. So this is another study showing that medical cannabis reduce opioid use. This study comes from the New York Department of Public Health. Patients with chronic pain are often receiving long-term opioid therapy, which puts them at risk of opioid use disorder or overdose. Uh, this study evaluates over 8,000 patients registered in New York State's prescription monitoring program. The program tracks both opioid prescriptions and cannabis purchases. Patients with pain were divided into two groups, using cannabis for less than 30 days and those using cannabis for more than 30 days. Uh, a daily morphine milligram equivalent was tracked for each group over eight months. The result using cannabis for more than 30 reduced their dosage by 50%, whereas the group using medical cannabis for less than 30 days reduced their overdoses by only 10%. Although they both reduced dosage, New York Health Donald remarks these findings to further inform health providers and policymakers here in New York as well as in other jurisdictions where medical is not yet legalized or used fullest potential. The researchers also noted that 65 and older demographics tended to use cannabis longer, whereas the 18 to 44 year old demographic tended to use cannabis for less often, less than 30 days. It seems the elderly use cannabis longer. Dispensary owners should pay attention to this result. The elderly may viral demographic. About half of the participants had private insurance. They noted that cannabis was not, not covered by insurance. Those with Medicaid tended to use cannabis for less than 30 days. They noted that the lack of affordability of cannabis may be a health inequity deserving further examination. Limitations to the study include no assessment of cannabis dosage, product type, and THC ratio. They were also not able to tell whether patients who stopped using medical cannabis or turned to the illicit market. So this study educates the, especially those who continue to doubt that cannabis for chronic pain. According to the authors, without humane tapering of opioids and effective alternatives for patients receiving long-term therapy, many patients are at a high risk for, for overdose and suicide. Although this is an observational study, it's important to not miss the forest for the trees. Real-world data shows that more cannabis leads to less opioid use. Solution to the opioid problem. This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand reporting for, for High Nine News. 
I love to hear a doctor say that cannabis is something that can help with the opioid epidemic, Dr. T. Just more proof that that's what we need more of. Yes, and less of these pills going on. I, I myself, I can't speak for everybody, but I myself am living proof of that, man. If it wasn't for cannabis, um, I'm substituting out opioids um, that were a fallout from my um, college football career that I would not be here today, period. Rehab twice did Agreed. not work. So. It's people like you, Rika Watt. You're the reason in this business, this is really to help and save lives. It's actually how when people argue about whether medical is necessary or not, it, it's it's just a clear um, answer to that. And if it wasn't for the OGs, the legacy operators who introduced me to cannabis as medicine when I did not believe in it at all, like I, I literally would not be here today. So straight up, man, I owe my life to cannabis and specifically to legacy operators in this ship. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Anything anything on this, uh, Mandy? You're on mute. You're on mute, girl. She's fighting, she's fighting back. back. Yeah, more, right more stories to cover, so I'm thinking. Yes, that big one. Spice. Oh, yeah, you are so right. So, so right, Mandy. Because coming up next, that's right, we have a big, big story coming up. We got Mandy Tingler coming to the stage. She's an executive cannabis entrepreneur running multiple, multiple businesses in multiple parts of the supply chain. Not only that, she's also a stay-at-home mom at the same time, too. That's right. Showing that the executive lifestyle and being mother can all go hand in hand. It is other than the Mandy Tingler. There is so nothing stay at home about what I do, by the way, Jason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I do feel blessed that I get to work from home often, but trust me, it's a lot of work still. Anyhow, yes. folks. You guys, today's story is coming to us from Green Market Report, and Adam Jackson is reporting to us an update on MedMen. The headline reads, MedMen on the Brink of Collapse. The company reported that it's more than $137 million in debt, with $15 million cash and equivalent on the books. MedMen is at the edge of capulation after a new financial statement on Thursday show once mighty MSO may not be able to crawl out of the hole of debt it dug for itself. The reported earnings for the fiscal second quarter ending December 24th, 2022. With 15 million cash and equivalents on the books, it had working capital deficit of a whopping 130 million and noted that it's a, a going concern. Really guys, just a going concern. Uh, MedMen stated that it had already defaulted on a debt with a senior lender and would need to obtain an extension or refinance. The conditions described above raise substantial doubt with respect to the company's ability to meet its obligations for at least one year, MedMen wrote. The filing stated its cash needs are significant and not achievable with the current cash flow from operations. Still, MedMen has been trying to sell and disputes, sell off stores and other assets, as well as trim down on headcount and overall costs. The company stated that if the strategic actions for any reason are inaccessible, it will 
have significantly, it will have a significantly negative effect on the company's financial condition. MedMen said it will delay new store openings permanently or temporary, temporarily close underperforming stores and other restructuring activities. The company said it's also trying to renegotiate leases with landlords and outlined several lawsuits regarding the company's real estate issues. It continues to try to sell its New York assets, which Ascend Wellness opted not to buy. The total revenue came out to $29.6 million, down 17% versus $35.5 million the year prior. Net loss from continuing operations totaled $15.1 million during the quarter and $39.4 million over the months leading up to the period end versus $8.2 million and $54.4 million the year before. The MMM, MMNFF was nearly 7% after closing hours. You guys, we have been watching this descend for a long time now. Um, this is the update. What do you feel about it? This is Mandy from High Nine. I think that they're going to be bailed out by some uh, bro that comes in, maybe uh, a running Bentley <laughs> that comes out here. And I, I just think that the, the, their name has too much staying power with mainstream America. I think just somebody from outside the industry is going to going to buy them for pennies on the dollar. But yeah, what? But, Amazon but, maybe? but they're, they're, they're still going to take over, have to take over all of this debt, bro. And they have this like, massive, massive, massive debt. Dude, you can buy that shit pennies on the dollar. If you are a massive billion dollar company from outside of cannabis, you can buy that shit and you can you can take over. Well, why you would you want to? Well, if you had a billion dollar company, why would you want to put cannabis on your balance sheet? It's a brand that's worth anything anymore. I yeah. think that's it. Well, it, it's mainstream. Like I still like Jaja. Jaja. Not to mention, like a lot of a lot of their stores aren't even theirs. They're in these different types of like weird ass type of agreements. Management um, deals. Uh, yeah, management deals, and like two two of their most popular stores are in that type of situation. I could. Well, they can Rico, go direct to customer. Rico, I have to disagree with you on this one here because, frankly, okay. I know you keep talking about the brand, but come on, we're not buying Nike here. Uh, exactly. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're Gretchen, frozen. you froze. You, Gretchen, oh my yeah. God, it's so cold. Yeah, it's, it's so cold in Gretchen's month. house. It's Black History it's, Month. I say, I say what? What I say goes. <laughs> it's so cold in Gretchen's house. Gretchen just just messaged us and said it's 15 degrees in her house because her furnace is broken. See, and so she needs some and, fire. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so now I guess her internet has froze. No, but so, so what I'm saying here is, and the reason I say that is not because of anything that any love that I have from Edmund is because. Two of my fucking sisters came out here. Know that I'm in the fucking industry. Two of my sisters have come out in the last year and a half with a MedMen bag. They're like, oh, because it's MedMen. I was like, no, fuck that. Don't ever fucking go to MedMen. One of our team members, I won't say their name, actually flew out from another from another city. And they had a fucking MedMen bag in their hand. Why? It does not matter how bad MedMen is doing, that we know how bad they're doing. They're still a mainstream brand name. And so I think somebody from outside of the industry is probably going to take them up and that name will soldier on that whole, uh, my Mikey Stein match did like, Oh yeah, got to survive till 25 med men's in that same fucking boat. And I think med men has a better chance than flow Kana. Well, that's because I of the brand you on that analogy, but also yeah. 
does MedMen, the name, still carry the same warm, fuzzy feeling no. that it once did in the beginning? Mm -hmm. It definitely doesn't. The value. No, well, I think I think I, hold on. I think I think to the average person, I think it does. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't think they they, 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 they they don't. The average person doesn't follow cannabis or know cannabis and in, into the depth of knowledge of, of what we do and see it just as as a culture and a community amongst our friends and within our own echo chamber. So I, I do think that uh, that to the average person just out there, the average Joe Schmo that just goes and buys weed over there that has no connection to the cannabis industry, knows nothing and just thinks that it's still it's still the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, that's, there that's, are out of date consumers for sure, but I think any sophisticated consumer, the repeat consumers, don't patronize MedMen. You know, you go there once to buy the bag and then you're gone. Um, and I think like Rico has a really good point that. Yeah, yes, they're going to be sold for pennies on the dollars to chats from outside the industry, and um, they could get rebranded, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't really think the brand right now has a lot of traction amongst consumers, so they would have to advertise massively and rebrand themselves, but they do have name recognition. That's really what they have. The other, th the other thing they have to offer is debt. There's like some uh, you know, rich investors who are looking yep. to add debt to their portfolio uh, for tax purposes, and so that would make right uh, men, you know, palatable. But uh, for me, the Schadenfreude is delicious. I want to see them fail, and the uh, bigger the fall, you know, the better. Yeah, I think everybody's oh, in the same boat with you in that on, on that uh, sentiment, Omar. For real. What if a cannabis company came in and bought them? Surely, it's gonna be a giant merger: Flocana, Cureleaf, and Medmen. <laughs> <laughs> the big three. <laughs> you know, there's some of those some some of those licenses that they have. They could lose if they do get bought. No one wants to talk about that part either. Yeah, you know? nobody wants to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> you know, if if Amazon ends up buying them, you know, Nancy Macy's going to have a well, run at making MedMen a national brand. Well, some of those licenses are non-transferable, is what I'm saying as far as with ownership, though, Rico. On a and federal so, level, yeah. Nancy Macy's bringing us to the promised land, is she not? That's not what I'm saying, but on the local level, because local is what matters, some of those licenses aren't transferable. Well, Nancy Mace can write in federal preemption and local problem goes well, away. Yeah. She's going to be the cannabis czar, man. Despite the hatred coming from Gretchen Gilly. Well, I mean, she got froze out of the picture, uh, froze out of this <laughs> argument. She got froze out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Sarah? You're all the way in Virginia. What do you think about MedMen? What is your perception of MedMen? And would you shop at a MedMen? Like, would that be where you went when you get off the plane? Well, MedMen name recognition in Virginia. I, I know it because I know it's a you know MSO. But that to anyone here, they don't know what that is. Um, where do you get so your weed? I mean, <laughs> from the trap, from the trap. Four legal dispensaries yeah. <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> she gets her weed from California, bro. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot say that. I cannot confirm or deny. I am saying that's right. Columbia care. Columbia care. Columbia care. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Columbia cares. That's the big guy out there, huh? Yeah, Columbia Care. Uh, never, never forget yes, when yes. Columbia Care. Most, never forget Columbia Care won it. Freeze. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. Never forget when Columbia Care tried to freeze out all legacy operators. Anybody with a cannabis conviction, they wanted to stop from ever getting a license. Never forget that. 
Yeah. That's what happened. This happened to Gretchen mm. just now, too. Yeah, Gretchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope Gretchen, Gretchen gets her furnace fixed. I mean, I know. So Gretchen stole, stole, stole the pajamas off her doggy's butt. Mm-hmm. Put them on her back. Mm-hmm. Doggy oppression. <laughs> oh, man. Just, Justin says they're going to rebrand MedMen as an urban brand. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the culture is gonna see through that. We're gonna see through yeah. the culture is gonna Yeah. You know, I'd like to see, you know who I really would like to see by Men Men though? Like I'd like to see Michael Jordan by Men Men, or I'd like to see yeah. Nike by Med Men. I'd like to see Adam Beerman in a dashiki. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Adam Beerman in a dashiki kneeling next to Nancy Pelosi. That would be my Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, if all the farmers, you know, put all their money together, they could probably buy bed men. I wonder if and uh, then they have a distribution point. I wonder if Nancy and uh, Paul Pelosi shorted bed men. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Oh man. Oh. Oh boy! Oh, you guys are so so fun. Sometimes it's at the top of the hour. You're gonna take us out, Jesus. yeah. It's, it's it's the top of the hour, you guys. Thank you all so 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 much for tuning in. Oh man, you guys, this was this was a great day. Happy Friday, everybody. We actually did make it to the end of the week. Thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters because we have the most immaculate free pieces of property inside of your head, and it is so immaculate. You should come over and go deer hunting with us sometime. Huge thank you to our sponsors. True Classic, I Spire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC for helping us keep everything rocking and rolling. Thank you to our correspondents for being absolutely amazing. And thank you to Cannabis for giving us a reason to get this and celebrate with you all every morning. Thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and Zaza Simone Brown holding it down for us in Clubhouse. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show. I love you guys. Bye.